<laughs> the maid's knocking. Not now. Now I'm almost there. <laughs> I up before and didn't put the do not. There's been a couple cleanly. They were Spanish. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Look, I'm hey, do you ever be like? Boom. <laughs> Whoa. Real life street stars. Oh, we got we got some legendary stuff going on. We got the the Gary Owens. Uh, hey, please, Gary, don't do us like um, uh, Dana White and just get up and uh, walk right. out thirty seconds in. That was uh, so weird. <laughs> that was very weird. It was, it was weird on a couple levels. I was like, why does he have headphones on? That like, would aggravate me. Right. Imagine doing a day four podcast and the last one, they're like, yeah, put these on. I'm yeah. like, it's Howie Mandel. It's Howie Mandel, and he's giving you nothing but accolades. Like, it's weird accolades, though. It was, like, it was weird accolades. Like, maybe there was some You look up to there. him? I was like, you look up to Dana White? <laughs> you know? He's like, I'm so sick and tired of doing podcasts. I'm, I'm just done. Done. <laughs> but done. no, welcome, uh, Gary Owen. Um, uh, you know, we just touched 700K, uh, so we're having our 700K party with Gary Owen in the building. You and, did uh, what? We touched 700K subscribers today. And YouTube? On YouTube. That's so, amazing. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, That's amazing, bro. Yeah, hey, and sh you're right behind. Shout out to the Get Some Podcast. Yeah, uh, thank you're, you. You're, you're coming up quick, and your, uh, your, your stories are, are amazing. And um, before we get started, I'm just curious, you know, because we got to do our research. We got to kind of see what's going on. And um, I see, of course, you know, I always, I always called you Gary Owens. And yeah. I see that your dad's name is Gary Owens. How'd you, find, how'd you find that out? Man, you know, Google. It has a lot of stuff just laying around. You'd be surprised. You should check it out sometime. So here's breaking news. Let's go. When you join the union, um, you, you there's there can only be so many Gary. There can, there's only one name of each. That's why there was Vanessa Williams and Vanessa L. Williams. Remember the one from New Jack City and then the singer? I see, I see. So biological name was Owens, ah. right? When I moved to Hollywood, got my first movie, they said you have to change your name. There's always a Gary Owens. He was a host of Laughing, And I, he was the voice of Space Ghost, the cartoon. Oh, so wow. I was like, so they gave me a list what I could change my name to. So I was like, uh, they was like, yeah, it was like Gary S. Owens. They was like two R's, two oh, S's, sure. like Gary Owens, you know, Gary. and I was yeah. like, well, my first name has four letters. My second name, I'll just drop the S, make it real simple. So and I was like, I just changed it, changed my name. And then uh, I didn't know black people love the letter S so much, though. We love it so much. So I was like, wow. <laughs> so all this time I've been correcting people, it's like, hey, you, you're kind of right. <laughs> That's the old me. But when I changed my name to Owen, but originally growing up, my name was Owens. What is it? What did your pops think about that? Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't talk to my dad. I don't, okay, I don't so it don't mess with that bad. dude. <laughs> I don't mess with that dude. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right, I, have, well, I, have a, I have a white father with bad black father tendencies that I've seen in all the movies. Every time I see like a hood movie, I go, why does, why do I relate to that? <laughs> what, what, what father would you say related the most? Was it Friday uh, Pops or John Witherspoon? What, what? Definitely not that. He actually had dropping like life knowledge. I would think more of a, God, I don't even know. Who is my dad? I don't know. I guess, um, hmm. I ain't never met nobody like my dad. There. Yeah, a lot of dads out there. I ain't never, probably like LeBron's dad. <laughs> <laughs> just, 
<laughs> Barack's dad, maybe? <laughs> Just sweating around a lot? Not present. <laughs> it's, okay. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Let's do it like this. Um, you know, uh, your name has, you know, it's funny how comedy goes. And, um, you know, and I, I'm not going to lie. I said this myself and, you know, you could agree or disagree. Um, I said, you know, on January 4th or whatever day that was where Cat Williams in the club Shay Shay interview dropped. Um, I said, this is great for comedy. Like, I haven't seen this level of comedians' names in just in news in a long time. Yep. And I was like, like, why? Like, this is this is awesome. Because now, to me, the booking should go up. Everything should go up. And um, he threw your name out there. Yeah. So I'm just curious. Did you watch the interview prior to knowing your name was in there? Or did you get told about it and like, oh, shit? I, I was watching it live. <laughs> like, I is what I knew. When I saw, it was weird, I was on YouTube and it was probably about 30 seconds before it was going live. Like I literally pressed watch when it had the whole, the weird music, two minutes in, a minute 30, you know, yeah, the YouTube. Like, you're, you're waiting. <laughs> I was waiting for it, I had it in queue and I was like, oh, I'm not, I was just, I was making something to eat in the kitchen and I started watching it and I was like, sometimes you get bored and you're like, I'll watch it later. It was immediate. The minute he, I said, first it was like, they were talking about the cognac, and I was like, all right. But I could tell, Cass about to drop something. You could, I could tell by his vibe, the way he was talking about the liquor, like, yeah, it doesn't have a bark aftertaste. I was like, oh, <laughs> Cass, Cass locked in, he's locked in. And then when the Ricky Smiley thing came up, I was like, oh, snap. I couldn't turn off. And then when my name came up, it happened so fast, I didn't want to pause the interview. Because I, I was watching it in real time, and I felt like I was watching, like, history almost. Right. So I was like, I ain't trying to pause it. So I had to get on Twitter. I'm watching my laptop, so I'm on my phone going, hey, was that good or bad? And Twitter let me know. Like, no, nah, he gave me props. <laughs> and, and then, you know, you got the angry black people on Twitter. It was like, no, nah, he went in, bro. Yeah. He went in. <laughs> right. I was like, what did he say? I mean, right. kind of, it happened so fast, and Shannon didn't expand on it. it didn't? Shannon just gave it the, wow. Wow. And kept going. And kept it going. Like, But that's been the story of... Um, Every time my name comes up in a, in a huge podcast interview, nobody ever keeps it going. I, I told the story, Judd Apatow brought me up on Joe Rogan's, and Joe Rogan just, just all right, and kept it moving. I go, yeah, good story, boom. I go, why don't you guys keep going? <laughs> go deep there. There's come more stories to I'm, I'm sitting there going, come on, keep it going. <laughs> now, I'm going to actually go into what he said. We're going to break that down, but I'm just curious. Before you press play and start watching it, did you have any take on what Cat Williams, what type of interview that was going to be? Knowing Cat, like, did you have any type of like, ah, let's just see if this, you know, where this goes? Because, you know, uh, Steve Harvey was already on there. Ricky Smiley was already on mm -hmm. there. Did you have any idea what was going to come forward? No. Uh, here's the thing. Cat, Cat's going to give you his opinion, unfiltered, on people. And I'll, I remember a long time ago, he was on uh, Tom Joyner. And Tom and Cat's so dang smart in his, in his words. Like, he, I remember he said, Mike Epps wasn't funny, right? In, in an interview with Tom Joyner, this was probably 12, 13 years ago. And Tom Joyner said, Cat, you said people don't think Mike Epps is funny. Cat said, I did not say that. I said, I don't think he's funny. He never said people doesn't think Mike Epps is funny. He goes, I. And I was like this, damn, he's so dang smart and careful his words. So he didn't like say, or it was like one of Mike Epps specials or something. It was like, yeah, I think it was like one of his specials. He didn't think it was funny. He goes, I never said I don't, the people don't think he's funny. He goes, that special or something. But he's so careful and calculated with what he's saying. And here's the thing, we're in a, so let's take Cat, 
Monique, let's take like DL, the people that phase on, people that really give their unfiltered opinion. It's like you have to, we're in a weird age where you got to agree with 100% of what they say or you can't agree with anything they say. And I more look at it like, okay, I agree with that, but I don't agree with that. Like I agree with that, but because more recently, um, there was a guy, uh, I think his name's David Lucas, a comic, he's on the, the Joe Rogan like, yes. like tent. And he talked about George Floyd and no. shot comic. It was bad, here's the thing, bad for people that are watching on the internet, but for his audience that comes to see that type of stuff, because he's off the Kill Tony thing, that's what they do. They take the darkest shit and they joke about it. So you gotta know who you're going to see. So when all those black people got up and left, I was like, they didn't know what they was walking into. I, it's like me, uh, I don't know. I don't know, it's like, I would never agree to do like a Joel Olstein comedy festival and then talk about pussy. You know? Right, right. Like I knew what I'm getting into. Right. Like, and and anytime you sign uh, a contract with a comedy club or a theater, they never say you cannot talk about this. Mm. Now, you do a corporate event, they tell you you can't cuss or you can't talk about this person or that. Off limits, you agree to that. But at a comedy club, all they're worried about is can you put asses in the seats and we want to make some money off food and drink. So that's the thing. When these audience members go there, you, I don't know. I Whether I thought that joke was funny about George Floyd or not is irrelevant. But I will defend him to be able to say what he wants on stage to the end. You know? I was going to say, like, um, is there a difference between, like, say a comedian, like, you tell a funny joke and there's a certain community who doesn't find it funny or versus, like, for instance, Tom Segoia, he said, poor people don't uh, use washcloths. And I was like, only poor people use washcloths. And for whatever reason, that just did not translate well in the black community. Yeah. Because we all use washcloths. But I don't think he was saying like it wasn't directed. I think he was just being funny. So how do you like when you get ready to do a setter, do you feel like this is going to translate well in one community? Not the, uh, Is that even a thought? Yeah. I mean, I would never say the N word. Yeah, you know what I sure. mean? Now, if I heard a white guy say the N-word in his act, and I've heard it, I, I heard Ralphie May say it, Carlos Mencia is a Spanish, I've heard him say it, and I've heard, well, on my open mic days coming up, I've heard a white guy say the N-word. Never with malicious intent, it was part of a joke. Joe Rogan got in trouble because they did all that spicing where he said or he was telling a story. I'm smart enough to know that what feeds my family is black people, and me saying the N-word is gonna go viral. And in any instance, whether if somebody was secretly filming me in a car, at my house, on stage, anywhere. Now, I did say the N-word in a movie, but it was in the script. Right. And Meet the Blacks, I said it, and then Mike Epps, but that was, and people bring that up. I'd be like, man, you have said the N-word. I go, I, mean, I was. Up, uh, uh, what's the name from uh, Leonardo DiCaprio then? If In Django. In Django, you yeah, gotta yeah. bring it up. It's in the script, you're playing somebody else. It's not about Gary Owens saying it, just on, I would never do that, because I know who my audience is. You, you don't believe in a nigga pass? <laughs> like, no, here's the thing. Yeah. If there's 5,000 black people in the room, yeah. 4,999 is like, we good with it. But yeah. that one, is it? And, and, he's the big, and he's the biggest one, ain't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, the one, he's the one got his phone out, posting it. Now it's like Gary Owens said it everywhere. I was like, everybody just said I could. Doesn't matter. So um, you're speaking of David. When he talked about the George Floyd thing, you know, of course, what he said was, you know, I would have shot him. 
Yeah. Now, mind you, uh, it went viral and he actually went online and apologized for it. Yep. Do you think he should apologize for telling a joke? That's on him. <sighs> I think he was more apologizing to George Floyd's family. Yeah, I don't think he was apologizing to the public. I think he was like, look, I talked to the family. I apologize to them. There was no malicious intent behind it. But the bigger issue is, like, uh, at first I thought somebody bootlegged it. That's what I thought. Because that's what happened with Mike Epps and Shannon. Somebody bootlegged the show, and that's the bigger issue. But then I realized I said it on my podcast. The bigger issue is somebody. Then I saw it. And I go, oh, nobody, nobody didn't bootleg this. He released it. He at his own accord because there was a camera shot from behind him, and then he released it on his thing, and it was like a week old before it really caught wind. And I was like, I, I had to apologize, a fake apology, about six years ago because I said the the R word on stage, retarded. I said that word. People got mad. I said that word, so I had to issue this whole apology. Shoot, I had to fly to D.C. and meet with a bunch of special needs people. It got that deep. Wait. Wait, wait, you, you didn't get in trouble for the Tourette's uh, uh, heckler in the back where you were uh, imitating the, the Tourette's? Nope. nope. The R word got it. The R word, it was because I was the perfect level of celebrity to go after. Oh, I see what you Because mean. I have my reality show coming out. So I was big enough that they could get, they could get traction, but I wasn't big enough to say, fuck off. You know what I mean? So I wasn't, I wasn't Louis C.K. or Kanye. Dave Chappelle. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't be like, yeah. I have my reality show about to come out, and they're they're like going at the special. Let me just call them like McDonald's, Kraft. Like, look, we're pulling ads unless he issues an apology. And Showtime took the joke off, which I still get stopped for that joke to this day. Like, it's out there. And I was like, and it, it was a fake apology. I'm just being blunt. I didn't. My publicist wrote, my publicist wrote it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that is all about. That, that <laughs> But how, how you lost and you here? <laughs> that your your uh, your Siri is is a little slow. Talking about the R word. <laughs> Been there for ten minutes. But all, mo- let me tell you something. Most apologies are fake. The, the David he did that he did that probably because he felt bad because he did talk to George Floyd's family and he did have Trey the truth. He had Stephen Jackson, which I feel like just. Those guys, and I, I have so much respect for Trey the Truth and Steven Jackson. Met them numerous times. They're good guys. But I'll just be blunt. Please stay out of comedian's business. I would never tell you how to make a jump shot. I would never tell Trey how to, how to wrap a bar. That's not my world. So with comedians, you can't pick and choose what you're offended by. I know it sucks that it happened to your friend, and it's a tragic event. But as comedians, man, we that's what we do. Take dark shit. And try to, I'll give you an example. My brother died of a heroin overdose, right? The week after he dies, SNL has a sketch where they're talking about heroin. They're making fun of people with heroin. Dude, I got so many DMs like, you, you mad? You got to go after SNL. I said, no. I was like, look, they don't know my brother died. It wasn't like Gary's brother died. We're about to release this video now. I go, and honestly, it was true. I was like, that's how heroin addicts act. Everything they said in that sketch that they did was how my brother acted. And I was like, if my brother is watching this, he's going to be dying laughing. He goes, yep, that's what we do. <laughs> so I wasn't mad about that. They weren't coming after me. Now, I see the George Floyd thing with David Lewis a little different. He said his name. He meant that. But like I said, if he did that on Kill Tony, they're going nuts and cracking up. But he, he just did it in front of an audience that some people didn't know him. Do you feel like apologies take power away from y'all? Like every time somebody has to get up and apologize, like y'all lose a little bit of power? Without question. 
Yeah. So, no question. like, in a perfect world, how do we get around? How do we get back to the point where? Because I can re- vividly remember the day where comedians just said what they wanted to say, and that was just it. Like y'all had a lane where it, y'all was just able to do y'all get off on y'all craft, and that was it. We still can. Don't let people think we can't. Okay. The problem is people bringing these phones mm. to the shows and releasing our stuff without our permission, and then you get this whole uproar behind it. But in the end, I bet you even the David Lucas guy, it's going to sell him more tickets. For sure. Because as many comments as you saw, like, how could you do that going in on? There was that many more going, stand on your shit, keep doing that. So I, it, it only helped them. Kill the culture is like, it's, it's almost like we go back to the cat thing. Even if cat went in on you, it's a good thing. Right. It's a good thing. It's not, nobody's going to, it's not costing you work. You're not getting canceled off comedy clubs or movies and TV shows because of it. Now, it seems like, because we, we're talking about these viral videos, like now it's like there's comedian beef now, which we've never seen. Like, like they actually, like they're online. Like, yeah, when I see you, like I just seen uh, Mike Epps, he went at Shake, uh, Shannon Sharp, like, yeah, you run up on me, it's going to be pow, pow. He didn't mean that. I know, he, I, but it's like, it's wild to see. Like, wouldn't it, the comedians like have to feel like, are y'all toting pistols now? Like, no. <laughs> I think it's all BS. I think it's all just, it's all fun to me. I've rarely seen comedians getting fist fights. You know what I mean? To me, it's all just fun. And I mean, the biggest thing I saw Chris Spencer on Stephen A. Smith talk about it. He goes, the thing that bothered Chris the most was, you know, the, these are conversations we have in the green room. Mm-hmm. We, we all know who's funny. We all know who's not. We all know who's a hack. And we all know who's sampled jokes. But we kind of keep it in-house. Now it's starting to be like, it's cat, <laughs> cat like open the bag, Monique double down. So now you know there's some out there going, wait to hear what I got to say. So as long as it, it stays like, I think it's okay to stay um, just about the business. Right. Don't talk, about, don't talk about people's personal lives and stuff like that or their, their children mm-hmm. and things like that. I think that's a little. Have you ever had a comedian, and I'm not, you have to say her name, but have you ever a comedian like, Come at you and you're like I'm finna eat through this boy because I already know like you like you don't write or you ha- you're a hack like you said like have you ever felt the need to have to ether another comedian? Me ether him or somebody wants to ether me? Like you ether him? Like because I know no, you're not really like because I don't really comedians our brains kind of think alike mm. so I don't want ever to think because um, you didn't come up with that concept like I've seen comedians do stock jokes and stuff like that but I. Listen, he ain't, he ain't taking no money out of my pocket. Sure. And I'm just like, look, you keep doing that. It's only going to take you so far. You can't get it on TV because people will be like, you stole it. So if you want to go there, I, so I had a comedian up for me one time in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, did Eddie Murphy's ice cream truck joke verbatim. Oh. And I'm sitting there going, <laughs> is, is this is this serious right now? And I'm in the back of the room going, verbatim? <laughs> and, and you want to know who that comedian is? Yeah, yeah. You don't know who he is. <laughs> exactly. Because his career went nowhere. Damn. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, they're going to, you ain't going to go nowhere doing other people's jokes. You're just not, you know? What does it feel like when a heckler tries to run up on stage? Oh, it's kind of, it's weird. It's weird. <laughs> you're almost looking at him like, are, are you stupid? Like, you're going to lose this. Like, even if you went on stage and got one off on me, you're going to get arrested. You're going to go to jail. 
And trust me, I'm gonna I'm gonna go full Karen White mode on you. I'm gonna say I'm gonna keep Gary pressing charges and keep pressing charges. Oh, I'll, I'll hire somebody to make sure you violated your probation. He just jaywalked. <laughs> right, he jaywalked. Yeah. So if you want a lifetime of somebody just following you around, yeah, please run up on me. So what you're saying is comedians don't expect for hecklers to actually touch them. No. <laughs> we don't even want we don't even want hecklers, so to speak. Like we. And people don't want hecklers. We act, they act like, do they pay money to see you? They're not paying money to see him, you know? And even when people try to stand on, stand on business, so to speak, I'll tell you a funny story. This, it was like Procter & Gamble hired me to do a corporate event. Now, the, it was like the black, black Workers Unite or something. It was all the black people at Procter & Gamble, basically. They hired me. And right before the show, I looked at the lady hired me. I said, hey, is there any limits, anything I can't talk about, you don't want me to tell you? He goes, nah, we hired you to be you. I said, cool, so I'm thinking I can talk about sex, I can cuss, everything, right? I'm, I'm sitting there, and they got a big dance floor in front of the stage. Oh. So I really can't see who's all in the audience, because it's all the round tables, and people are kind of eating as I'm up there. So I'm doing my thing, I'm up there about 15 minutes. All of a sudden, this dude stands up, he, I, right in my mind, goes, white dude, right? It's all black people, but he's a white dude. He goes, hey. Excuse me, excuse me. He goes, hey, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, we got a little girl in the audience. Now, at this point, I don't even see this little one-year-old baby, <laughs> right? And I'm going, what? And I'm looking around because it's dark. What? He's, he's like, hey, you know, I just, I'm, I feel like I'm speaking for her and her family right now. This is how the white dude's talking. He's like, you know, I got a daughter, and I, don't, I wouldn't appreciate it if you were saying some of these things in front of my daughter. So, you know, I just want to make sure you know, you know, if you can calm it down a little bit and not talk how you talking in front of her because it's kind of disrespectful to the little girl. And I was like, really? So I just start going in on him. Right? <laughs> I, said, I really went, really? And he went like this. He went, so he, he, did, he does his speech. He stands up to talk to me. He sits back down, right? And keep in mind, everybody, it's like a Christmas party. Everybody's dressed up. This dude, when I start going in on him, he went, man. He stood up, took off his jacket. <laughs> And was walking towards me across the, sta the dance floor. And I'm like, and I'm still like going at him as he's walking. He didn't know all the black people knew me. Right. Them brothers rushed him. When I say, and anybody was in Cincinnati at this Procter & Gamble event will vouch for this. They picked, like, four brothers picked him up and his feet was moving <laughs> off the ground and carried him out of the room. And you heard the brothers snapping on him in the hallway. Like, motherfucker, we hired him for this. How dare you come up? And he didn't even work there. He was like some girl's boyfriend. So he had no clue that they hired me to do a show like this. And then he tried to stand on business. And he was like, he was lost. He was so confused because he thought, all the black people was going to be on his side. Yeah, like, I appreciate that. <laughs> they was like, man, you don't sit your ass down. <laughs> now, you bring, that brings me to something very interesting. Are you the, When you're in a room full of white people, are you the blackest person there? Or do you have to code switch? Like, is there, do you have to switch up and be like, oh. Nice. Uh, it's never happened. I don't, I'm not around white people. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but I'll, 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 yeah, I'll be honest with you. When, when I first started doing stand-up, I was doing all the urban rooms, right? The black rooms. And it was to a point where when I did go up on one of the mainstream rooms and start getting booked to like Funny Bones and Improvs and all that on the regular, 
And there'd be some nights when the audience didn't know who they were coming to see. So it'd be majority white people, right? I was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta change my act. My act was going too far left with black people. Like just with my vernacular. I wanna make sure I never wanna be that comic. And really, if people really watch my act, they see, I'm not saying putting down white people and saying white people dance like this, black people eat fried chicken, white people got good credit. I don't do jokes like that, right? So I was, I'm very careful in how I word my jokes. So I realized a lot of my jokes, like these white people aren't getting it and they're not feeling me. So I had to change my act and be like, okay, I gotta start writing my jokes. So even if you aren't married to a black girl or if you aren't divorced to a black girl, you'll still get where I'm coming from. Yeah. So do white women hit on you? And and if they do, like what what's your response? Like what's that? Do white women hit on you? Or and if they do, like yeah, what's your yeah, response? Yeah. Like you like move. No, nah, they'd be like, you gotta try it. <laughs> no, nah, they'd be like, they'd be, you gotta try. My boy said it was so much fun. He goes, White girls come up to you with so much hope, and you just look right through them. You're like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just looking around like, we can be friends. <laughs> Hold on. Now I got a question, because black people ain't turning down no snows. Black men, uh, <laughs> we hitting them all. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'm glad. I, I, I hope Dr. Umar Johnson sees yeah, this. Yeah, I really what? hope he does. Good bro. Bunch of sellouts behind this yeah, camera. No, nah, come on, dad. Look, breaking it for a wall. Doctor, Bunch of sellout brothers. No, you know what? That brings us to another point. Um. Cause I just listened to an interview with Killer Mike and he was like, um, black women, um, black men should be with black women because they're the only ones who understand your struggle. Now I know you've had relationships with black women. Do you felt like they understood you like in that way? Like, is that just a, a cultural thing or do you feel like they understood you when you were in a relationship with them? I, this, this has been misquoted many times with me is I always say when you're, when you're married, to a black woman or date one living with one, it's it's serious. I said, I don't want to come out wrong, but you forget when you're in your house that they're black. Yeah. Like it's just like if you're dating, if you're dating a girl named Cheryl, right? And she's black. When I come home, I'm not walking in and go, oh my God, Cheryl, you're still black. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I'm dating Cheryl at this point. For sure. I'm not dating Cheryl Black, but I, I don't even think about it. But again, that goes back to like. I don't, I don't agree with that, with Killer Mike. I agree with a lot of things Killer Mike says, but I don't agree with that. Obviously, I can't. Right. So, black women can tend to be aggressive. <laughs> it's some, uh, do you feel like that's a stereotype or? Stereotypes are weird. Like, I've always heard black women don't suck dick. Yes, they do. No, nah, they, they, they do for sure. Started that oh, yeah. Yeah. Who started that bullshit? <laughs> yeah. We actually have them, the ones who don't, we actually have them categorized and we know their names and so if y'all, <laughs> we know who all of y'all are. You said black women are aggressive? Yeah. Yeah. That, well, that, I will say. That, uh, that, that, was, that is a coin, that, that is a phrase that's been, you know, podcast culture. They, uh, a lot of men say, well, the black women are aggressive. That's why y'all are hard to do. Uh, I, I think you're you're, you're trying to put everybody in one For sure. basket right there. I've I've dated timid, aggressive, <laughs> and you know what you what word you say? Yeah, aggressive. Aggressive. That's, yeah, I've yeah. dated I've dated those, dated the ones that are just cool, laid back. 
For sure. Watch, watch. You guys are going to click this up and carry on. No, no, no. Because Yeah. Just... Oh, no, let's just clickbait it. Yeah, they're aggressive. All of them. Every last one. No, because... <laughs> Look, every shade, every height. No, because I just, I just want to make sure because, you know, it's a lot of African-American men that'll say a black woman is aggressive. But if you know aggressiveness, you, you would think a white man would definitely know. So no, no, but uh, do you think that's a cop out of black men that don't date black women? Oh, for fuck you, sure. See, I think I think this is me when when a lot of times when black men try to real life street put stars. down black women or like say they're they're this way. This is why I don't date them. They're just not being honest with themselves. Just be honest. You're attracted to white women. Stop with the I don't like black women for this reason. No, the bottom line is you. I'm attracted to black women. I'm not attracted like that to white women, right? So I'm like this. I go, I'm not going to put down white women to say I'm attracted to black women. But I think some black dudes, they do that shit. They put down black women to go like this. It, it's like, it's taking the blame. Like, no, I don't date black women because they're too aggressive or they, they don't act like this or they don't cater to me like a white woman does. I'm like this. No, the bottom line is you like white women and you're coming up with these reasons in your brain where, oh, this is why. No, you, your dick gets hard. Because you see white women. That's it. Just like a gay dude. He likes gay dude, right? Mm. His dick is hard when he sees a dude. That's why he likes dudes. Hey Amen. And we are going to clip this up. This, that was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think it's this whole idea, like, not even like I don't date black women because X, Y, Z, but like I date white women because black women are. Yeah. You yeah. know? And I that's think a cop out. Yeah. I think that's like, the part. But you don't have to overexplain it. We, we, we overthink these things. I always say like... Uh, I'm, I kind of said it, but I was like, why you like black women? Like, because my dick is hard. That's why. It happened at a young age. And I was like this. I literally was like, this is what we're doing? Let's ride. <laughs> now, why did they give you, um, or whose decision was to give you a white wife and think like a man? How come, did you ask for a black one or did they say, we have to put you with a white woman? Uh, no, I think this is what the character was. <laughs> even, even when Will called me for think like a man, he goes, yeah. yo, we, we need a white guy that can hang with black dudes and ask uncomfortable questions, but not act black. I see what you mean. Because you see in, in the movie, like there was many times I asked things that some people, like I said, what's a pickaninny in the movie? Yeah. And I go, I, and they go, when we did that, I didn't tell them I was going to say that. We were oh. rolling and I go, hey, what's a pickaninny? And they was like, the, Tim story was like, yo, I said, Tim, Bennett would ask that. If he heard it, he'd be like, what is that? I'm not asking it. Bennett's asking that. So that's, that was his character. And that's how it got brought to me from Will Packer. He was like, yo, we need a guy that can just act, be very comfortable, be himself. But he's like when I, the first one, when I was like, when I was telling Kevin, you guys do it all the time. You buy shit, you can't afford it. Because you're still paying on your wedding. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. That was all made up too. Because Will gave me like a lot of free range to go off. Yeah. But that was... I, I really, that's why I probably enjoy that character because I was like, oh, I can say a bunch of stuff. And get that, it off. <laughs> and I know what I'm saying, but this guy does it. There you go. Um, I have to ask, you know, uh, where Cat Williams brought up your name and he said the reason that you are, let's say, black famous or you haven't crossed over yet. Um, he said, it, you know, or his thing was, you know, people who have signed up for, you know, the Illuminati. The Illuminati. Which I don't know if it's real or not. Right. They can't talk about it. The goal is you're supposed to not say that you're in it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, now, you went on your podcast and said, yes, there was a situation in uh -huh. which you were in a room with, a, I believe, a producer. 
Yep. And uh, some things came up to where your integrity would have been questioned probably for the rest of your life. Um, now, you yeah. were, I would like for you to go a little deeper. And that pause. And, <laughs> <laughs> perfect, pause. perfect pause right there and I, and I will pause yeah <laughs> but now I would like for you to like what exactly did this said producer male or woman you could you know it was a dude it was a dude do you remember like what cause what was said to you like for you to feel like man this is this is he coming on to me or what the fuck yeah it was obvious I'm not gonna say who it is because he did here's the thing it's okay to hit on people it's perfectly okay. It happens. Every man that's married to a woman, you hit on your wife. That's how that's how you got her. It just you weren't it wasn't arranged. So I'm not going to I'm not going to bust this dude out for that that pause yeah. again. I'm not going to do that, <laughs> but I'm not going to like people are like you 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 you're part of the problem. I go, "No, no, no. There was no lines crossed. I wasn't touched. Nothing was promised to me. I still got the job that I was there for. So it didn't like be like I'm not hiring you, but the dude literally was like it was the way you, <laughs> you got to be in the room, bro. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. There's a vibe. I kind of know what you're going it. for. And he was just like, he asked me how much money I made. I made up a number. And he was like, Psst. like, that was so low, bro. He was like, he was like I, can I can make you millions within a year. It was either along the lines, I'm making millions, or I can make you a millionaire within a year. One of the millionaire millions. So I was like, well, shoot, do it. And then he was like, I'm like, hey, what you want to do, bro? <laughs> And everything shifted. He was like, he was like, leg came up on the chair, and he leaned back and looked like, "What's going on right now?" You know, it was it was clear, but it was clear that I wasn't going for it, so he he stopped. But it was clear, yeah. And he stayed on the other side of the room. He never crossed over right. to me or anything like that. But it was clear what was happening. How do you shut those down? Because this happens to a lot of women that's in Hollywood where. They get in these positions to where it's an innuendo of something being offered for, to further your career. Yeah. And they probably don't even know what's happening until they're like, oh, shit, I'm at, I'm, I'm at his house now. And what's going on? How did Well, you, don't go to his house. <laughs> don't go to the hotel room. That solves that. I've been invited. I've been invited to, to people's homes, hotel rooms. Like, if I go, I'm like, all right, I'm, girls and guys, like, am I, am I ready to fuck? <laughs> am I ready to fuck? If this happens. You know what I mean? So... <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but here's the thing. I wouldn't, I would never, I would never sleep with a dude. Like when I in my early career, there's no way I would ever sleep with a dude to get in a movie or a TV show. But shoot, let a let a let an old hag. <laughs> You're like, what's up? I guess. The, the oldest hag. Right. Marcus. Right. Hello, Marcus. Earth a kid, Earth a kid <laughs> like. Just like this. <laughs> Eartha Kid like. Yep. <laughs> Don't think so, I wouldn't, bro. And early in my career, I'd have knocked the brakes off. <laughs> so, <laughs> young 23-year-old. I'd be on the red carpet. How'd you get it? That woman right there. <laughs> that one. Let me show you the tape. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, let me ask, have you been invited to a Diddy party? Nope. <laughs> have you ever had, because you hear about Jamie Foxx parties, Diddy parties, Eddie Murphy parties. Have you ever wanted to go? To one of these. I've been to Jamie Fox party. Okay, yeah, all right. So you've I been did a movie with Jamie. Yeah, yeah. Right. I hear these incredible stories about these parties. I'm keeping that between us, <laughs> bro. That, so that's what I. I that's, that's the thing. And I, it was funny. I had a conversation with one of Jamie's boys one time, and I was like, you know, the the stories that I have of my early years in Hollywood, and I got some wild ones. <laughs> but all with women, by the way. But it was like I felt like. When I first got there, I got to live that, what you think Hollywood's about. Uh, I got to live it. 
And I ain't sharing that. That's not for public consumption. Ah. That's between me and the people that was around at that time. Yeah. And that's what separates because the public thinks they know everything and you guys don't know shit. Yeah, yeah. And I said, I go, and that's why I hold on to it. And I think that's why people still answer my phone calls. <laughs> still, like, when I'm around, they're cool with me being in the room. They know if I got my phone out, I ain't trying to fuck them up. I'm not trying to record nothing. I ain't secret. If I'm on my phone, it's because I'm texting somebody. So that trust factor, like, but man, I had a motherfucking ball when I first got to LA. Cause you know, a lot of shit happened quick for me. I got the host of BET. I got the movie with Jamie Foxx. And I was the one white dude doing all the black rooms and I was young. So it was like, everyone's like, who is this dude? And so I was getting a lot of, I was getting a lot of residuals. Yeah, you were <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm hanging out with like A-list black Hollywood people and athletes. You know, the, the Lakers was balling like crazy back then. I was like, oh my God. I had, I had a great time. I had a great time. I'll just put it like that. I had a ball. And a lot of girls saw my balls. <laughs> <laughs> Balling. <laughs> Balling. Now, um, how do you decide what you will share? Because just like you said, those are for me. Those memories are for me. Yeah. So how do you decide what you will and won't share? Because I, I watched an earlier interview with Earthquake, and it was like, well, why don't you do a biography? He's like, because there's some parts of my life that are just not for sale. Mm -hmm. So where do you draw that line? Um, it's hard. Like, I've opened up about my family problems. Sure. Uh, that's been a, probably a form of therapy for me. But I just think, um, I just think like people's, people's sex lives should stay behind closed doors. For sure. I don't care who you're sleeping with. I could care less. I mean, yeah, when, it, when people post about it, you read it, but it doesn't change how I think about you. And people think that's the thing, like, ooh, I broke this story. So-and-so slept with this person, or so-and-so got caught in bed with these three women. Or I'm like this, I don't care. If the dude's cool with me, he's cool. I don't care who he's with, you know? Now, in Hollywood, it seems to be like, you know, there's... 10 or 20 women that are that are desirable. And you know, they seem to float around amongst the, the same stars. Is are those the type of women like, do you still feel like those women are valuable, or do you feel like if I got my chance, then I'm fucking with her? I think everybody has a past. Right. You know what I mean? Even, even like um, and okay, if a girl I'm dating, right? Mm -hmm. Is around in the same circles as me. I mean, it's an uncomfortable conversation to have with a woman, but you're like, I gotta know anybody in my line of work that you've been with. Right. I go, I don't wanna know. I'm not judging you from it, but I can't be in a room and a dude walks up or somebody gets in my ear, like, you know, she fucked your boy, or you know, she fucked this dude. I'll be like, what? And now, I'm, now I feel like the dude got one on me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, so if you saying hi to me and her and you done knocked her off, not like, not like a, a jump off or somebody. Just, I'm talking about somebody but I'm your dating. Girl, yeah. And a lot of people that you're dating, you know, our circles know before the internet knows. So is, so is I ask. I ask those. I've asked. So is there a comedian that you won't go behind? Like, if you if you hit this motherfucker, then you can't fuck with me. Nah, the pussy good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like this. Nah. <laughs> so... And then, you know, in Hollywood, you're competing with, well, not competing with, but, you know, rappers, actors, athletes. Like, so how does a comedian fall in? Like, like what is the, because, you know, they got, and I'm sure you had this jury, the cars and shit, but like, like, what is the, the protocol for like, if you're trying to holler at a chick and, you know, like, she's 
she probably was with whoever the fuck number one NBA comedians. Player. Man, we funny, bro. I've seen the meme go around. Be careful. Of, it was the N word meme, but it said, "Be careful of funny uh, brothers." Yeah, and you're laughing, and the next thing you know, your panties are off. Yeah, just like that. People like to laugh, bro. People <laughs> love to laugh. So you have said that you know people, you know, the sex life shouldn't matter. Um, I think it was Mace who commented on Dwight Howard saying like, nah, bro, like we kind of need to know who you're knocking down because we're buying your jersey. We're betting on you. I need no, to know the I, night I before. I disagree with Mace. I need to know the night before if you, you know, what happened. So when I bet on this game, I know you have a good game. Um, so you disagree with that? Completely. Okay, okay. I don't, and then listen, that's what I think that's a, it's a, that's a great show, Cameron and Mace. Yeah, they got, they got it going It's on. funny. And I think sometimes he's just saying stuff to say it, but <laughs> look, man, whoever your team is, I can care. Like, I'm a diehard Cincinnati Bengals fan. I don't care, but everyone on this team's taking it in the ass. I, they can ball, I'm rooting for them. You know what I mean? I don't care what you do in your off time. You get out on that football field, that basketball court, I'm rooting for you, I can care less. If there's anything I can do to help, <laughs> not personally, but I can send somebody so to you, I'll do that for you. I'll send you what you want, man. I've been, I've been, listen, I've been with ball players and they're like, gee, can you go holler this? I was like, all right. I'll give you a funny story. So, Plaxico Burris. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he wanted to shout himself. Yeah, yeah, in the lit. Before he got drafted, right when he's leaving Michigan State, I go to, I'm at University of Florida, did some events. So, he's got to be like 20 years old back then. This is yeah. this is 23 years ago. He goes, yo, G. And I, I was on BET now, so I'm kind of popping and stuff, with the, especially with the college kids. So, we out. And he goes, I don't met him. He was like, what's up, man? Plaxico Burris, man. Play Michigan State. I'm about to get drafted. I said, what kind of name is Plaxico? He was like, no, right? I don't know who he is. So, he goes, then we, we got cool over the course of that night, just bullshitting at this club. He goes, gee, man, you got all these women on me. Help me out a little bit. I said, all right. So, I got these two girls. And I was like, yo, this is my boy, Plaxico. And they was like this. Plaxico? What kind of name is that? I go, I go, it's Arabic for big black motherfucker. Yeah, 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 yeah. Greatest wingman ever. Hey, hey, all I know is like an hour later, I'm still mingling. I look over, Plax still talking to the same two girls. I was like, I did my job. Greatest you know wingman. I mean? Greatest I was wingman. Like, I'm here for you, bro. Now, I, I'm curious because you were on you were, you were on Shaq's show podcast, and you had said that a girl that you were acquainted with was telling you about a ball player. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that things came out later. Uh, do you does that happen a lot? Like where like because you you know you're you're a celebrity and people might tell you I was with this celebrity and let me tell you what the shit that he's on and you're no, like no, oh that, shit that doesn't happen a lot. But the, the, um, this girl's I'm very cool with her. I've been cool with her for years and um, and I, I'm not I'm not trying to sleep with her. So I think well, I'm on I'm on that I'm on that beyond friendship level where she just like telling me like I'm talking to my boys with her. So she she told me I was like oh my god, <laughs> but her stories were so great. It's like please tell me more. And I'm just I'm sitting here eating eating salsa like God, damn. Oh, that's god. <laughs> these were great stories. Right. Let's go on another. <laughs> now, so that brings me to another. Have you ever been talking to a chick and she just told you some shit you just did not want? Like yeah, I was with such and such. I I didn't need to know that. I didn't like that wasn't information that I needed. I don't know maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I can't really think. I don't know. I don't know. I have to think about that one. Um, you know, and uh, you know, you have been honest on your podcast, and you have been touching on your, um, you know, your children, uh, mm -hmm. the woes that you were kind of going through. Um, and kind of what I see you when you when you're speaking it, like it does fuck with you. 
but I don't see you wearing it so much like, let me just show the world that I'm so, I'm fucked up about it, but you're speaking in the sense that other fathers might be going through the same thing. Um, I want you to kind of break down because, you know, people always think the grass is greener in Hollywood to where like money and success and fame is supposed to make everything work perfectly. Mm -hmm. um, and they don't see the, those, those times where like, when you tell, tell a story about trying to go to your daughter's uh, graduation, uh, graduation yeah. and she just kind of doesn't want you there because of the, maybe the communication barrier. Mm -hmm. um, how is, tell us that part of it from, a, let's just say a celebrity standpoint to where you have to deal with these human factors that technically us regular Joes are probably dealing with the same thing as well. Yeah, well, it's, 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 it's catch 22 as a comedian, uh, we're gonna be gone. That's part of the deal. But you get you get the life you have because we are gone. Uh, you know you can't. We can't have it all. I can't make. I can't make like a decent amount of money and give you everything you need so you don't have to struggle and still be there. If I'm home, I'm not making no money. You know what I mean? So it's like it's a. I, I don't know. It's like um. It's difficult to grasp. Like it doesn't wear on me. Like, uh, oh my God, I'm just depressed all the time. It's more like I I know, and and I think deep down my kids know. They know I was I was there when they was growing up. They know no matter what was going on in my life, they came first. So, in that aspect, you know, within myself, I val validated my my uh, being a father. And it's weird how I was. Everything was fine until the divorce happened. And then I became a deadbeat. Then I became, uh, and this is all got shit got said about me on the internet, you know. Then it was I abandoned everybody, and I was like, this that is not what happened. That is that is, and I think in a divorce, especially when you're in the heat of it, you got to give the mom and the dad. You got to give them like like a mulligan, like, yo, you got to give them a little leeway because you got so many people in your ear. You got so many people telling you what you should be doing. Your lawyers, your girlfriends, my dudes, everybody, her girlfriends are telling her to do this. My dudes are telling me to do this. My, my lawyers tell me to do this. Her lawyers telling her to do this. And I'm like, in the end, it's like, okay, once the dust settles, are we, we're decent human beings. I'm a decent human being. Their mom's a decent human being. And, and look, whatever you want to say, like the relationship with the kids, we did our jobs. Nobody has a police record. Nobody's on drugs. Everybody's going to be productive members of society. And just over time, I hope it, it gets better. But, you know, I, I'm not, I, I never put my career before them. It was, it was equal. You know what I mean? I never, my, manage, my management, when we went over my schedule, when's their, when's their kids' birthdays? What events do they got to be in? Like if there was a, a recital, a basketball game, things like that, I was like, okay, I got to get back. I gotta make it. That's you, that's you and your wife speaking, or you're like your manager, or manager, me and okay. my manager. Like we would literally, okay, what what day is is Austin's birthday? What day is Kennedy's birthday? Emilio's birthday? Like, okay, so you can't work that day, or I got to be close enough that I can get back for their birthday. Like one time I was one time I was in Pittsburgh and uh, we lived in Cincy, so we met in Columbus, so I could be there for my son's birthday. So I was there. We went out to eat, got a cake, and did the whole birthday thing, and then I drove back to Pittsburgh. So don't you, do you think that fucks up the kid though? Like I'm just curious. Like that, I got to see dad for a second. Like you said, I, you can't live this life without me having to go back to work, um, like a football player. Or like hell, even if I wasn't in, in Iraq. Mm -hmm. um, do you do you think that messes up a kid though? Like when they see like oh dad was here and then he left, or do you do you speak to the kid saying this is what I'm doing? I'm doing it for you. 
But that's all they knew. Okay. When I was little, they thought I was a pilot. Because they, they always see me at the airport. They, they like, that's where dad works on the airplane. I'm talking about when they was like from one years old to about four. They literally look at planes and be like, that's where dad, that's where dad works on the airplane. That's all they knew. My, I didn't start doing a stand-up when they were 10 and I was around. Their whole life, that's they knew. And listen, I got, I got the text messages and everything that thanks for everything you do. You're a great dad. Hey, we had a reality show. You know what I mean? That everybody got paid on. I was making my kids money when they were under 18. You know what I mean? So it was like, yeah. I was like, I, I know deep down, it's like, all right. I think as you, you can always say I could do things different. And, you know, you always be like, beat yourself up about stuff. But I was like, you know, I, I read a quote where they said, when you go through a divorce, when your kids are younger, they idolize their dad. Then when the divorce happens, they demonize them. And then when the, everything settles, they humanize them. So yeah, the human factor came in. Yeah, it's like this. I filed for divorce. Uh, I was trying to keep it private. And then that didn't happen when she went down to LA and got on TMZ and everything. And that's, that's still the one thing that's curious to me because we didn't live in LA. So she went down to LA and filed in LA County Court. And I'm going, there's only one reason. It's because you want it to be out there on social media. And I was like, so then it came out that I cheated and that's why we got a divorce. I go, no, no, no. Now, I did cheat, but that's not why we got a divorce. I could have continued to cheat and just lived that separate life, but I just got to a point where I go, yo, I just can't do this anymore. I, I need, I got to stop living this lie, you know, because we just became roommates. That's what it yeah. was. Yeah. The passion was gone. We were there, but it was just like, we we're just roommates. Yeah. And I was just like, I, I, and honestly, yeah, I, I didn't want to do it anymore. But and deep down, you know, and she'll she'll probably say this too. She wasn't happy either. We was cool. Kids never saw us arguing. We weren't that kind of couple. We didn't argue in front of kids, but it was just so I think especially for my kids, dad hurt them because they're like, damn, dad, dad cheated on mom. You know what I mean? So that had to hurt them. We we interviewed uh Pimpin' Ken. Wow, what a segue. <laughs> what a segue. <laughs> this, this, this show is amazing. <laughs> he said. <laughs> Not T.D. Jakes. Yeah. But That's coming soon. Uh, he said that 95% um, of men cheat. Do you believe that? I would say yes to up to a certain age. <laughs> don't ever. I would, I would tell anybody. Don't, women, don't ever marry a man in their 20s. You might want to wait a little bit. Let 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 that let us get all that out of our system. But don't especially don't marry no dude with any kind of power or money in their twenties. We need we need especially when you talk about ball players, rappers, comedians, things like that. I go, dude, we got a lot coming at us. Social circles, women that we never could attain before this are coming at us. And it, it almost goes back to Ron White had a funny joke about Tiger Woods. He was like, uh, he said, yo, that, mo that man cheated on his wife with 18 women. He said he had 80,000 trying to sleep with him. That's a 98% success rate. <laughs> that man's a hero. Exactly. I was like this. But it's so true. It's like I look back on it and I go, man, it's like, you honestly, you feel guilty. You feel awful about it, but it's like you're just so young. You got all this testosterone, and men are hunters by nature. So I don't think, I think that's true for men in their 20s. I think once you hit a certain age and you start to slow down, then I don't think it's, it's that's why, I think that's why women date older men. Because we slow down, man. 
We ain't trying to be hitting the clubs and going out all the time. We're like this. As long as you got, we at the house, we still having sex and we got some food. We good. We dudes. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm an advocate that uh, men of a certain status in their lives shouldn't be tied to one piece of poochie cat for the rest of their lives, mm -hmm. even if they're married. Yeah. So what do you say um, about the women who are like, hey, like, it's okay. Like we can, we can mess around. Like I, I understand that you probably need a little something different in your life, but let's do it together. What are your thoughts? You mean she wants to sleep with the women too? Yeah. Like y'all have situations. Y'all yeah. go and y'all go do y'all thing. That's amazing. <laughs> Where are these women at? <laughs> I think, but it's funny, like, I think once you, uh, it can go both ways, man. You can open up Pandora's box. I, I heard, a, there's a story of a friend of mine. They, uh, the dude got married. Um, and actually, it wasn't a friend of mine. It was, it, was, it was a friend of my ex's, my ex-wife. This is early when we started dating. We were even married, so this is early. She told me this story, and I met the girl a few times. That's why I got the story confused with my friend. But this girl would come over our place, right? And I always be like this. I go, what's her story? Because she went from she was about to get married, and then she was divorced like a week later. I said, this whole time, we've, you've been hyping up her dude, and they were married. Yo, they freaking... They got married, they go to Jamaica on their honeymoon. Oh. On the honeymoon, they meet another, he meets a couple, right? So he really wanted to sleep with this dude's wife and they were down, the other couple. So they ended up, they, they swapped basically, right? So then they said, uh, and they, they, they joined in, it was a free for all basically. I don't think the dudes was doing anything to each other but they were both sleeping with the other wife. So I was like, I was like, oh my God, the dude, he, you know, he saw the, the wife sleeping with another dude, probably fucked his head up. That's what I'm thinking. He's like, no, not at all. She goes, it was his wife that now realized she liked women. She didn't realize it till that happened. So he opened up Pandora's box. So now the wife wants to get with other women. And he's like, yo, I. I, I'm kind of hurt by that. I wish I wouldn't have did Why that. Why would you be hurt? She's like, now this dude is a, like, I don't really, but when you see another dude blowing your girl's back out and you really care for that girl, that's got to hurt as a man. You don't want to see that shit. And so it's like, so he's like, he's like, I don't want to see you sleep with anybody else, but now he just wants her for himself. And he, now she's like, look, she's the one going, no, I want to bring other women in the relationship. And he didn't want that no more. He just wanted one time off. So, Dude fucked up the whole marriage because he didn't realize he opened up his wife to something she didn't know she liked. So I'm like this. Just be careful, fellas. That's all I'm saying. Speaking of opening Pandora's box, the uh, Super Bowl hug from Usher and Alicia Keys. Um, do you think Usher should just be banned from fucking with <laughs> Like, should we... Like, is he going too far? Like... No, <laughs> Like, do you do you see yourself taking your significant uh, anybody dealing with to an Usher concert, like to be noticed or whatever? It's funny. I'm, I'm seeing this one chick and she said, "I'm gonna go see Usher." I said, "We ain't doing that." <laughs> nah, we ain't doing that, baby. Now, I think with her and Alicia Keys, I think that was that was fine because I was just like, I'm sure it was. I'm sure he knows Swiss. I'm sure it's talked about. I'm sure you shot him a text. I can't speak. And, you know, I was like, it, to me, that's, it's different. It's kind of art form a little bit. Like you do movies and you, 
make out with people in movies and have For these sure. sex scenes. So I was like, they were performing. So I didn't, I didn't know And maybe, maybe it was, <laughs> it was playing like, you know, you saw everyone went nuts when they showed Janet Jackson's nipple. Right. So maybe this was like, yo, let's, let's get people talking. Let's just do a quick hug real quick. You know? Sure. And uh, the infatuation with Taylor Swift over the Super Bowl, like you see her swag surfing, doing all these different things. Do you feel like, like she superseded like what the importance of the Super Bowl was, like the infatuation behind it? No, that ain't her fault. She's there supporting her dude. And she's bringing everybody money. And deep down, we enjoy it. We act like, why do they keep going to her? Every time they went to her, I was like, all right, let's see what she's doing. You know what I mean? Like, we liked it. Right. We love that shit. Stop acting like we don't like it. It's ratings. Like, yeah. you're trying to get it. Only thing I wish, I wish, because um, she's not a loyal fan. She's just, she's a new fan. Yes. I wish people like, like E-40 would have got a little more shine. Yeah. Because he's loyal to the soil. Buy season tickets. Ain't getting them for free. He's at, he's there courtside at the at the Warriors game. He's at the because I went to a 49ers game this year when they played the Bengals. He's the first person I texted. Come on, yo, I'm coming, man. And he went. He, that was the one game he missed. He goes, ah, God. damn, G. <laughs> I was like, I just wish he would have got a little more mainstream love than he got because that that dude's loyal. And and that's the thing. There's a there's definitely a separation between mainstream media and hood media, so to speak. It's like all the players know E40. Right. I'm, I'm More, the front office does, but, but like the, the anchor at CBS News in New York doesn't know who he is, so he didn't get that mainstream love. So Taylor Swift didn't bother me. I was just hoping they would have really did like they should have really did a piece on E40. And now if they did, I missed it. But Come they should have did like how he's been there forever. He's got streets named after him. Goon with the spoon. Buys his tickets. <laughs> doesn't on, sit in a suite, sits with the people, takes pictures with everybody. That's what I wish would have happened. So let me ask you because you know Travis Kelsey was also there. Um, do you ever like uh, they ever like go in the barbershop and say, "Hey, give me the Travis Kelsey"? Nope. You got a hot top favorite. I got it myself. Huh? Yeah, but sorry. yeah. They, the fact that they said Travis Kelsey, uh, uh, they don't call it the fade. They call it the Travis Kelsey. Well, even trying to get <laughs> the swag serve. It tells you there's a there's such a separation. Like, how do you? You, how do you not know this? Yeah, and that and that's really goes back to kind of what Cat was saying about me. Like, how is this guy so huge in a certain segment of society, but these mainstream media outlets have no clue? It literally tells you how out of, out of touch they are, and they don't care to know about what black people are doing. They come on late. They're always late. They're always late. But that it goes back. So you didn't know what swag surfing was. Jesus Christ, that's been at every HBCU for 10 years. If I see Terrence J do it one more time at a nightclub, I'm going to stab myself. I'll text Terrence or Fred. I go, oh, Terrence is hosting a club. Let's get ready. Left and right. And left like this. Terrence. I even text him. I said, it's done. Stop with the swag surfing. So anyway, the fact that now they're like, oh, this is swag surfing. And then this is the Travis Kelsey haircut. I go, Dude, that's the high top fade, bro. That's a fade. Stop. It's skin fade. Halfway up. Two on a side. Stop. I'm like this. So I'm like, and then I think that it really goes back to what Kat was saying. How do you, why is it that they don't know who Gary Owen is? But they're so far behind, bro. How did you feel when uh, Travis Kelsey uh, pushed the coach? Oh, oh. See, I think that's fine. I think you're... You think that's okay? <laughs> it's the relationship with the coach. And here's the thing. They said if Antonio Brown was like, I would have been gone if that was me. 
But the difference between Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown throws everybody on the bus, his own yeah. teammates. <laughs> Travis don't throw anybody on the bus. He owns it. That's my bad. That's what he said. He didn't say, well, they weren't giving me the ball. And he was like, nah. He's like, dude, I shouldn't have did that. He owned it he immediately. Owned it. That's and he all still, you want. You want ownership. He went out there and proved it. Jeez, Luis. That part. Um, so how do you think about what everybody was saying? He, he was showing out because his girl was in the stand. Do you think uh, that had anything to do with it? <laughs> no, nah, nah, I think he, I think he was chasing, he's chasing greatness. Yes. <laughs> you want me to be the base? Like, give me the ball, man. Yeah, Stop real, believing man. me. We're along yeah. for the ride. Um, you know, it's funny. A meme went out or it wasn't a meme. It was a video showing like Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you know, he was doing this uh, Jimmy Kimmel and he was, you know, just the way he talks. They said, man, he sounds a lot like Danny McBride. Yeah, he does. Now I can't hear it. <laughs> did, did, you, did you already hear that before? Like, no, I didn't hear yeah. it until then. I was thinking like Kermit the Frog, obviously, and stuff. But I was like, yo, that was dead on, bro. That was dead on. I'm and like, then when he did it, when he took his shirt off, I go, he's got a bill like him too. <laughs> <laughs> I said, they got they got to work together now, man. Like, regardless, they got to work. Um, let me ask you this, because Monique did do Shay Shay, and I can't wait for your club Shay Shay interview. Uh, it'll hopefully break the internet as well. Yeah. Um, hopefully, I'm just, I'm just lying on everybody. <laughs> right, right, just lying. <laughs> I'm lying on everybody. But, M- Monique went on there, and um, of course, she doubled down on her stories, but it seemed like her and DL had the biggest back and forth. Um, and of course, it goes back to, like you were saying, the, the comedy beats and things like that. Uh, what were your thoughts on the back of it? Like you said, kids should stay out of it, but they put kids... Totally in it. Well, Monique started it. She started, she put DL's kids in it, right? And then, but here's the thing about comedians. Um, DL went off on, I said, DL went off on the David Lucas guy about the George Floyd. So I love DL to death, but I disagree with him on that. I was like, no, you, you can't say what a comedian should or should not be saying on stage. So... With DL Monique, it came out that Monique finally said what the beef was about. It really wasn't about that contract in Detroit. It was when she went on and did his radio show, they played that game, Would You Rather? And she was like, would you rather sleep with Lee Daniels? Would you rather your husband sleep with Lee Daniels with a condom or Corinne Stephens without one? Right. And that answer is easy. It's Corinne Stephens without without one. one. I'm not offended by that at all. You know, as long as she gives me some top beforehand, because that's amazing in itself. <laughs> I'm not even going to reach that point if Corrine Stephens gives you top. I've seen her. I mean, oh, my God. That's Steph Curry at the three-point line. That's money in the bag, baby. <laughs> so, so I'm just going, I'm sitting there going, Monique, again, you're a comedian. You can't. Our job is like, you guys tell me, there's nothing you guys can say to me right now behind the camera that I'm going to be like, I'm out. How dare you say that to me? Nah, if I don't want to answer it, I don't answer it. And uh, I know this is all in fun, so there's no malicious intent behind it. So I'm not going to be mad. The fact that Monique chose that to stand on DL's show. She's tried to stand on that's what got her mad. And then when DL said, well, that's what we do. Well, if that's what they do, that's what they do. And then he didn't air it. So he did kind of respect your wishes. But I thought that was like, but motherfucker, we're comedians. We got into this business to say whatever we want. And the shit Monique said about other people was not even close to that question. And I'll defend Monique to the end to be able to say what you want on stage. I want us comedians to go up and say whatever the hell we want, talk about whoever we want. And I'm like this, I'm not going to be mad about it. I'm on the road Right after uh, my divorce went public, I've been on the road with Lavelle Crawford for six months. 
I had to go up every night and right after I got saved, Lavelle goes on after me and just blazes me in that divorce for 10 minutes. <laughs> blazes. Right. And it's Good fucking content. hysterical. <laughs> Even though it's me, right. it's hysterical. And, and Lavelle ain't holding nothing back. He's going for the throat, right? <laughs> My boys are in, I think I was in Tampa, Orlando. They're sitting there texting me, yo, what's up with Lavelle, man? He going a little hard. We need to talk to him. I go, no. I go, it's I'm over here laughing. I'm like, what do you can't? Don't come to my show and get mad. It's the divorce. I, dude, if he doesn't talk about it, he's doing a disservice because that's what everyone wants to hear. And he went, look, he went hard in the paint. But it's funny. It's funny. How, how did you build up that skin to be able to take like that type of, like even from your peers, like, you know, they, they're they going to heckle you or give you a little bit. And, you know, you got to feel like, like you said, like it's all in good fun. Yo, the, the the funniest shit that we seem to have the, the only thing out there right now that we seem to have the, um, we give them a hall pass is those Comedy Central roasts. Because they go off on people. And I didn't like it, it when. Right, but it's, we love it. Like, I didn't like, like when Ludacris went on there and he got, he felt some kind of way because they did a Paul Walker joke, right? Now it sucks. It's tragic. But listen, if we get to heaven and you see Paul Walker, I'm going to be like, yo, they went off on you on Comedy Central. I hope heaven's like that. I hope. I hope Jesus has a sense of humor. I hope Paul Walker's like, yo, why you let him talk about me on Comedy Central Rose? That's what I hope it's like in heaven, you know? So I, I, I don't, listen, don't ever go to a comedy show, a roast, or anything. If you're there with an agenda and you're going to get offended, just don't. You can talk with me all you want, man. You can talk about the cheating, the divorce. My kids ain't talking to me. Dude, Faison? Oh, my God. <laughs> we shot a movie and uh, called Back on the Strip. Shameless plug. It's out right now, right? Back on the Strip. So every day, the strippers are me, Faison, Bill, Wesley Snipes, and J.B. Smooth. So we're 90% of the movie, we're all together. I come in, the four of them are talking. I was like, hey, what are you guys talking about? Faison goes, our families. <laughs> I was like, like, it was such a dig, but I was like, you're an asshole. <laughs> I'm not mad. That's what we do. I'm curious if you do get to heaven and, uh, you know, they. If and, I do. If, 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 if and when. And they say, like, Tommy. Tommy. <laughs> I'm going to be mad. I'm like, wait a minute. He's in heaven and I'm in hell? <laughs> so wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, let's be, let's be honest, Joseph Cora is a lot more solid than me when it comes to off camera. That's a solid dude right there. How was that during the power run to, like, you know, to have Joseph and then I know you played on it as well, like, yeah. the Tommy role, like, the lookalike and, like, man, are we just the guys who just, with the phase, I guess, who just, like, yeah. who just get, did you ever get mistook, mistook for Joseph or did All Joseph the time. get mistook for you? All the time. And I, he, that's how we got to know each other. That's crazy. We started DMing each other, like, yo, I get stopped saying I'm you all the time. And then he's like, yo, if I get if I get asked, hey, do that black church joke one more time at the airport and stuff. I don't know what it is about airports that people can't figure out who people are. It's tired, probably. Just I like, guess. No, but not, I mean, I I still think, I still think 50 missed, missed the boat on just at some point putting something with me and him in it Son. during that power of force. And I don't care if it was like Where a cousin, it to you for a long lost twin brother that you kill 30 seconds later because I'm an asshole. I'm good with that. I just think people would have went nuts for that brief moment and would have went everywhere on the internet. Wow, you man. know what I mean? Did you know? Yeah, because Finney don't know what he's doing. <laughs> well, just bought half a Shreveport. Yeah, what's, what's racist? Yeah, what's, what's he doing paying, paying actors what they should get paid? <laughs> 
How dare you? Right. How dare you be unselfish? Did you did you know that six nine uh, when you did that six nine and Breakfast Club was gonna do what it did? No, here's how that came about. So the, those interviews you see on the Breakfast Club they air the next day. So it just so happened his interview aired on Friday. So that means he recorded on Thursday. I'm watching it Friday. I'm record. I'm I'm scheduled to come into Breakfast Club Monday, but mine's not going to air till Tuesday. So when I saw it Friday, and he literally said, "He goes, this is going to be your higher, highest rate episode." I'm watching. I'm going. Let me look at the numbers, and the numbers just kept climbing and climbing. I go, "Oh shit, this might be the highest rate episode." So I called my manager. I said, "Yo." Can you find me a makeup person in New York? Because I'm getting in Sunday. She finds this girl who's, she 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 works in the industry. Yeah. She came over. I, I got on the phone with her. I said, yo, watch this interview with 6ix9ine. Get his tattoos down. So she goes, okay. She comes back. She goes, okay, Gary, I can do it. She came to my hotel at like 3.30 in the morning. They picked me up at 7.30. It took all those four hours for her to get all those tattoos. I had my chest like his. I had 6ix9ine, all this shit. In case my shirt came off, but I forgot they Mikey. So I was like, ah, couldn't take my shirt off. I was ready, bro. And then I, I didn't tell nobody what I was doing. So when I got dropped off and walked into the breakfast club, Charlemagne was coming down the hall. He was on his phone. Literally, he was like, he was like this. What's up, man? And kept it moving. Then when I walked in, he was like, oh, shit, that was you? I said, damn, what kind of people you got in the hallway? He just thought, what's up, man? Like, nothing. So, so I didn't tell nobody, and then my shit went nuts. Not like his, but it went nuts afterwards. What's the most fucked up joke you've ever heard and you wanted to laugh, but you couldn't at the moment that it was being told? I don't know. Shoot, I, I just know. Like, Corey Holcomb, uh, he did a joke. Man, so <laughs> legend. Man, he was like, DC Young Fly, the mother of his children had just passed. And it was like, everybody's like, man, they, you know that's sad. He was like, Shit, I wish my bitch, my baby mama. <laughs> and you saw that everybody was. Everybody That's was Corey, like, though. The way he cussed out his daughter and everything. I was like, God dang. Oh my God. But, you know, it's like I said, some stuff I agree with, some stuff I don't with Corey, especially. For sure. Like, you know, I don't agree with cussing out your daughter, but I see where he's coming from because sometimes we want to just go off like, dang, you, I did all this and you still ain't acknowledging me and you want more. So I, I, I understand. Now, I don't think there's ever been a comedian that I was just looking at. I'm like, hey, that's too soon or you shouldn't have said that. Who are your goats as far as who's your, your greatest comedians uh, living or gone? That's so subjective. I know. But it's, I know. What is yours? Um, Shucky Ducky. I'm kidding. <laughs> quack, quack. quack. That nigga said Shucky Ducky. Say a bunch of people know we heard before. I'm like this. Uh, T.P. Hearn. <laughs> Shucky Ducky. All the, all the old comic view comics back in the day. Hamburger. <laughs> Hamburger. Hamburger. <laughs> Shucky, Shucky Ducky. <laughs> I'm like this. <laughs> no, I don't know. It's so subjective. Like, the first person I saw live at a big theater was Bernie Mac, and that always stuck with me. Because I was like, wow, I've never seen a person hold an audience for like an hour and a half like that where there was absolutely no dead points. All the comedians that were on Def Jam, because that's when I first, Def Jam started when I was in high school. And that's the first time I seen like that kind of reaction from audience. Like they're getting up, running around, they're yelling, they're, they're, Martin's going off on people and they're not getting mad. <clears throat> I'll never forget Def Jam. Derek Coleman, who never really smiled on the court and had that kind of a- asshole attitude. And I was like, he was in the audience, and 
Martin says something about his girl, MC Light or something. Bro. And then MC Light, he goes, yeah, and I fucked her. And I was like, oh, my God. And you see Derek Coleman go, yeah, and this boy right. I go, oh, shit, it's okay. We're okay here. <laughs> that was the first time I went, oh, I saw a guy that I never saw smile on the NBA court dying laughing. So I'm seeing that side of him. I saw Anthony Mason, John Starks laughing in the audience on one episode. And I was like, oh, my God, these guys are human. And it's okay to talk shit about them. And they're not mad. I was like this, oh, my God. So I'd say the Def Jam comics and Bernie Mac are like people that really lit the fire under me and was like, oh, shit, this is what I want to do. And yeah, no, favorites. Bernie Mac uh, and all of Def Jam. Man. If y- if, and for the kids out there, if y'all just go buy Def Jam DVDs and please catch up. Yeah, play them on, yeah, play on YouTube. On, on, them yeah, yeah, YouTube, there you go. God damn, I yeah. said buy some DVDs. <laughs> so let me ask you, um, because this is going back viral now, and I, I hate it for him, but, you know, Eddie Murphy. Uh, he recently has his video from his uh, news, uh, you know, situation where he, uh, I guess, picked up what he thought was what he thought was just uh, someone in need of help. Turned out uh-huh. to be a transgender prostitute. Uh-huh. In which, of course, uh, you know, he got you no know, no arrests. Let him go. But that interview is going back viral. Really? It is yeah, I've seen it a few times now. Huh. So I'm like, man, uh, you've been in Hollywood. You got to Hollywood young. And it's because of Eddie Murphy's his reasoning. He's like, hey, it was 4 a.m. My wife and kids were out of town and I want to go pick up a newspaper to read. Um, and then, you know, you know, black Twitter, they love that kind of shit. So they go crazy over hell no. What are your thoughts if you go back and watch that news clip and Eddie Murphy says, I'm just trying to pick up a newspaper at 4 a.m. And I see a person in need. Turns out to be a transgender prostitute. Police pull me over a block away. And here we go. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> Leave it right. I mean, <laughs> what's wrong with Black Twitter? <laughs> have your fun. What's wrong with Black Twitter? Have your fun. <laughs> have your fun. There wasn't nobody had laptops back then. You gotta that, get a paper. That's true. That's true. That's true. The cell you phones. Uber. Cell phones. You can't, you can't call Uber. Ninety-seven. Come on now. <laughs> hey man. Hey. Just saying. Hey. Hey. No. So let me ask you this because you're trying you put, to start shit. I ever, hey. You um think like a man. You worked with Taraji. Yeah. Um, she went. You know, re- hey, we're not getting paid as as black women. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not getting. You know, our trailers aren't kept. And you know, her and Oprah went. You know, had a little thing for the color purple. Yeah. Um, for you, after being on a few movie sets, uh, a lot of movie sets. I mean, I, <laughs> do you feel like? That is a personal thing that she might have went through, or did you see disparaging? Like, hey, do y'all talk about? Hey, how much are you getting paid? What's what's your contract? Um, I know, uh, I know. We didn't think like a man. It was, uh, I think, what I was told was it was favored nations, which means the core cast is all getting the same except for Kevin, right? So all of us. Uh, what part I one was, part two because I know Kevin from part one to part two. He kind of even man did he shit in two Fuck years. Yeah. Definitely part two. Yeah. Definitely part two. But then I, I don't think that was the case because I think um, I think what I was told was the, the, the pay difference was different, but not that different. Um, I got paid at that point in my career more than I ever been paid for a movie. So I was just, I was falling back. I go, let them negotiate. I'm out. Because my manager kept calling. They're going to do this. I said, why, why are you negotiating for me? Like, let <laughs> them negotiate and we'll just be like, yes. Right? Yeah. So it's I was just like, so I don't know. I never... It's hard for me to say I don't get into people's uh, uh, finances like that. So I don't know. I know for me, like, 
There's been some independent movies I did that I was, you know, I was like, oh, okay. They always make it sound like there's no money left out there. Uh, I don't know. We all had the same trailers and think like a man, except for Kevin, you know? Um, so I know on those productions, everything was up to par. I know when I did, yeah. Shout out Will Packer. Yeah, Will Packer, it was good. It was good. Byron Allen, every time I worked with him, it's been would you, good trailers. Would you ever do a 2B movie? A 2B? Yeah, the pay's good. Nothing can hurt you. And here's the thing. Make fun of Tubi. Someone's going to come along. Watch. Okay. Someone's going to come along on Tubi and be like, God, Tubi different. Yes, or it's going to go nuts. <laughs> there's, so much, there's so much bad shit, but that, there's something that's going to come along and everybody's going to be like, damn. Should have did Tubi. I think Tubi more so pays after the fact. Would you would you go in the deal like, hey, this two, we're going to put on Tubi, we're going to get it low, but you're going to have a percentage of the overall gross. You still got to make it worth my while. Yeah. Because I'm at a point now, like for me to do a movie, I'm going to, I'm taking a pay cut because I can make more money doing stand-up. So I passed, there's been a couple movies I've passed on um, in the past just because I was like, they wanted to hold me for like six weeks and I couldn't go work. And I was yeah. like, dude, I, the, the pay scale is so different. The money I can make in six weeks as a stand-up compared to the six weeks you want me to work on this movie where I'm not going to make that. I'm like, the, there was, but I did a movie called Dottie and Soul where they worked with me. They they made sure I was wrapped early enough Friday that I could get to my gig. And then I was back Sunday. and We were shooting in Oklahoma City. I was back Sunday in Oklahoma City to work. So I worked Monday through Friday, but they always made sure where they work with me. What time's your flight Friday? And they sure I'm, I'm wrapped up so I can get out there. So that way I could do both. But that about killed me because I was I was working every day, just about. Yeah, I was like, is there a day off for a comedian? Like, when do you feel like you get some rest? Like, when is when do you kick? You kind of pick and choose when you want off. You know, right now I got alimony, so I'm working, bro. Yeah, I'm gonna say, yeah, like, like I'm gonna say, bro, I'm working, amount, bro. Is there a certain amount of money you be touching? Like, ah, I'll kick it for a little bit, or this is just like it's hard. And tell you, it's hard because you're like. When you when you miss out on a weekend or two weekends, you're like, I could have really made this amount of money this weekend, and now I'm not making no money. So you do think about that, but at the same time, man, you gotta enjoy your life. You know, I was in the middle of my divorce, and I just I went to Italy for like ten days. Nobody knew. I was like, I'm out. I said, like, I, I want to get out of the country. I just want to go somewhere I've never been to experience it. And I was just like. I'm going to go to Italy. Never been, always wanted to go. And it exceeded all my expectations. It was crazy. So I'm in Italy. I go to the Amalfi Coast. Never been to Amalfi Coast. I walk out of my hotel and I hear, hey, Gary. I look over there, Cedric. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, he was with David Justice, the baseball player. And I'm like, what are the chances? I go, I literally just got here. Like literally, hey, Gary. Wait a minute, I'm in Italy. Who's yelling my name? There's Cedric having dinner. I was like, yo, what are the chances? Now, I know divorce is tough. Is it hard to have be heartbroken? Were you heartbroken? Like, were you in Italy sad or did that even was that even a thing? Oh, oh. <laughs> hey, took some with me. Yeah, I wasn't out there by myself, bro. Yeah. He must be bro. crazy. <laughs> I had a stallion. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on, hold I had on. a stallion with me, bro. Hold on, I, I was. I'm thinking you just didn't. <laughs> I was, we was walking. Yeah. Hey, we was walking around the yeah. beach. Them, them Italian guys was like, oh. <laughs> Must beaucoup. Must beaucoup. I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't go by myself. 
<laughs> you must be crazy. I had a stutter from Texas. <laughs> Texas strong, baby. I'm telling you. I brought a, I brought a true Longhorn. And I'm sure, and I'm sure, I'm sure she never been to Italy, so it's like, nah. oh, shit. Hell no. It was, it was everything goes, baby. Everything goes. <laughs> you do shit in Italy, you don't do nowhere else. <laughs> yeah, so, um, as <laughs> well. Uh, I seen that your your ex wife wanted forty four thousand at a, yeah. a month. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of shit is that? <laughs> I'm doing well. Uh, okay, so oh, yeah. do you think that she was deserved something, and if so, how much do you, would you have gave her on your own without anybody getting involved? Listen, I wanted the divorce, and I just wanted to be cool. And I'm not. I, I was never one trying to screw anybody over. I was never one trying to be like, I don't want to pay her alimony because you know she did make a lot of sacrifices in in our lives. But you know, I also took on all the debt from the. And that's what people don't talk about. They want to talk about all the money you're making and how much you're getting. I took on all the debt from the marriage. I was like, look, I'll take it all on. So I was, you know, I was just like, I think if I if there's one thing I wish would have happened. As much as I got dragged during the divorce, I wish when the when we were done, there should have been almost like a post like, hey, you you did right by us in the end. Cause Come on. look, she's she's straight, bro. Come on. She's straight. Come on. She can go work, she can go work a TSA. <laughs> and just, and just be good. For fun. <laughs> Yo, and I, I did I I felt like, you know, I kept telling her, I said, look. We got mediation. I said, we can keep going back and forth, but these lawyers are the ones making the money right now. I said, at some point, we got to have some trust here. So I told her, like, when the divorce was over, we got it over finally. And she was she was still like, yo, are you still sending me this money that you promised me? I said, I got you. As soon as that divorce paper was signed, I sent her all the money I said I was going to send her, which in my eyes was going to go to the lawyers. So I sent her all. I was like, we're good. She's, look, she's straight. There's, there's. There's a reason nobody's saying how much I gave in the divorce because it doesn't fit the narrative if that happens. Like, I'm the asshole. I left everybody high and dry. I didn't pay for shit. But if the numbers came out of the money that I just said, let's just, I'll, let's just handle this, then everybody would be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. So he, he ain't no deadbeat. He ain't leaving people high and dry so, here. Were you amazed at how much money you were able to pay? Like, Because some dude people like, I didn't even know I had this in me. Like to be Oh, I know, right? Like, I didn't know we had that like, debt either. I didn't know we had that debt in us. <laughs> I didn't know that was coming. IRS ain't no joke, bro. <laughs> fuck. That's the biggest gang on the planet right oh, there. Bro. <laughs> Yo, they don't give a fuck. Has Gary Owens ever got with a female for her taxes? What does that mean? Yeah, he's white. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> what does that mean? Broke. I really don't know what you're talking about. You said tax, tax season when you when the woman's filing six kids and she's like, oh, I get ten thousand dollars and you get what her ten thousand. You know who you're talking to right now? No, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, like, you never nah. been that. You ain't never. Nah. Yeah. I'm we, a man you, though, dude. I'm. A, I'm we I'm we from the trenches. We had to. Move I'm in. from a trailer park. What you talking about? <laughs> You well, you ain't never had to move in with a bitch for a time. Nah, maybe that's the type of woman you fucking with, though. <laughs> Definitely, you gotta have a. <laughs> throw me. A, I'm said, not said, denying it. I, I ain't going to Instagram. I'm going to LinkedIn. Yeah, throw me a bone. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let me let me ask. Um, would you ever? Uh, you know, you see the Apple Vision Pro, right? Boom. Yeah. Uh, do you have any desire to to put those put that on your? 
see what that world's about? I'll see what it's like. Well, I, don't, I don't understand what the. Yeah, so here's the question. <laughs> Would you ever, if they ever say, hey, no, no. yeah, you don't, they don't mind you coming out doing stand up with it on to where you can actually, you can, your jokes are right here. You, uh, you know, you, you, you can watch TV right here. You, you, you see the audience. Would you ever like just really say, man, we're, we're fully in. Uh, uh, no, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I want to keep it the live audience is the live audience. I don't want to get that right. I don't want to so go I'm there. Doing three shows at once. No, no. Yeah, no, like, you will never be like, I'm in metaverse. No, no, no. I don't want to do that. Because then the IRS is like, we want taxes for three different shows here, bro. We know what you did last night. Thanks. Have you ever purchased an OnlyFans account? Ever? Nope. Nope. <laughs> I lastly, Gary. I, Free I porn I, only, baby. Yeah. There's enough out there. Tastyblacks.com. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I go what? straight to the interracial page. Yeah, and it bothers me. These interracial pages, at least Tasty Blacks is a good one because their interracial page is 9% white guys with black girls. All the other ones, it's 9% black guys and white girls. I'm like, I don't want to see that shit. I want to put myself in the scene, bro. <laughs> and, I, and I time it that I finish with the dude. I hate it when they do it and there's no climax at the end. That's like, that's like watching the first 48 and don't catch the killer. Like, oh, great. There's a killer on the loose. What a wasted hour of my life. I want to see who catch the killer. Don't do the porn and you don't finish. It just stops and she's riding them. <laughs> like, this sucks. I got the lotion out. My door's double locked. I'm ready to handle it. I'm like this. Oh, fuck. I got to find a new video. I got to get up, wipe my hands off. It's terrible. Have you, have you ever felt like you wasted, like, have you ever been on, like, page 75, like, I've wasted too much of my life looking for this for this perfect scene. I have, yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. I don't, and I don't like them. I don't like them too edited or too perfect. Yeah, I want to like, like. I could have pulled that. AK, yeah. I could have pulled that. <laughs> Is there an amount of money that could be offered to Gary to do an adult film? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I have a price. What's the number? Yeah, I have a price. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot, bro. It's a lot. I got a new price. In a scenario where you were had a significant other, um, would there be a price that you would lend your significant other out? I can't do that, though. <laughs> I can't do that. No, I, I, but I, if I'm... No, I can't do that. I just... There's something about... Adam like, 20. what is Adam 22? Adam I 22. can't see another man blowing your girl's bag out, bro. Man, he, I can't do and it. Went, and he went and got the... And we all... Listen, ain't nobody... Chances are, nobody's getting with a virgin. So everybody... Everybody's girl has been... Had sex. And I just... Yeah. I don't want to... I don't want to visualize. I don't want to see that shit. And that's like her saying, let me show you all the videos of... I don't... I don't know how. <laughs> I, I don't know how you could date, like, Kim Kardashian. Like, it's out there. Anybody has a sex tape out there? I'm like, I, I can't... I, I just couldn't do it like that. That 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 would that would keep me from dating you is to have a a, a sex tape out there because it's there. I'm, I can see another dude like blowing you out. So no OnlyFans models, no none of that. I, I'm talking about serious dating relationship. You know what I'm saying so yeah, like no. you couldn't seriously date like anybody that does OnlyFans or anything like that because you, you can see it. You can see my fucking yeah, her. Your, 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 your cousin can see it. Your your, your kids can see it. Like, Thanksgiving. Hey, yeah. You're saying Grace. Stepmom. Was now doing you want to say Grace. Now you want to say grace. Nah. Lastly, Gary, I gotta ask. Um, I gotta get your thoughts because you know. Wait, you... do you have OnlyFans or something? Me? Yeah. Oh, oh okay. Because she literally just zoned out. She went. <laughs> yeah, I, I never said I wouldn't deal with OnlyFans. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, no, no the, the way her face down. went down, I was like, oh, did I just fuck you up right there? <laughs> did I just break your heart? <laughs> Sit off. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
lastly, girl, I gotta you got I gotta get your uh, thoughts because you were in a long relationship, and you know you're in Hollywood as well. You see Will and Jada. I gotta get your thoughts. What are your thoughts of the dynamic of their relationship, just based on what you you know from your own perspective of what they're dealing with? Because she came out with a book saying. We weren't even together yeah, yeah. for six years. And when I was with August Alcina, we weren't together. We weren't yeah, living yeah. together. But they put on a, not a facade, but they didn't give the world the showing that they were going through a bad time. Mm-hmm. So um, what what would you say is the dynamic of their situation? I don't, every, but see, every everybody's relationship's different, man. <sighs> we try to like put everybody into the same like bubble, like you should do this, do this. Like, I don't know what they're going through, bro. Because I listen, when you're a guy that's been dragged through social media, Literally, you look at. I look at things totally different now. I'm not quick to judge people. Yeah. I'm not quick to believe everything I read. And I'm also like, if I see Will, if I see Jada, I'm not gonna be like, "How dare you?" I'm like, if you cool with me, you cool with me. We get so caught up in everybody's like personal life. Yeah. You're gonna be like, "What? What do you think? They were wrong in that? When she 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 shouldn't have wrote that book." <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what they, that might have been her form of therapy. It might have been helpful for Will. I don't know. That is like that's got to be rough though, to like know the dude your girl's sleeping with. Like when the song comes on the club, I don't know. It just to that me, it part, just fucks with me. Like, that part, it'll, it'll fuck with. Me. I can't look. That's why I tell the, the a girl from dating. I'm like this. I gotta know. I gotta know who he's with. I don't want listen. I don't listen. I don't want to. I don't want to be rooting for this motherfucker in the Super Bowl. <laughs> This motherfucker dropping back through a pass, and I'm like, I'm looking over. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. what the fuck's going on right here? <laughs> you, you, you looking at this motherfucker salty? I thought you rooted for this team. <laughs> I don't root for him though. <laughs> what, what killed, what killed me with Jada is the, the obsessive bringing up Tupac. Like, I, I get it, motherfucker. If it was with somebody who was living cool, you bring up a person that's gone, like super gone, like he's been gone a long time. But maybe <laughs> that's that's and deep down, maybe that's her way of listen. They got so much money, they got they're they're in these. How, uh, they're in these, you know, these circles that are not considered Tupac circles. Maybe that's Jada's way of just within herself saying, you know, I, I still got street me. I'm still, I'm still fucked with, you know, <laughs> with 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 whatever. I'm like this. Maybe that's her way of just reminding herself. Look, I came from the bottom too. I hey, used nah. to fuck with these motherfucking thugs too. Yeah, she said she she said she used to sell crack and drugs and shit. I'm like, wow, okay, Jada. Um, I, I didn't know that. that. I mean, that's, that's what that's what she said. That's what wow. she said. Yeah, I thought. Um, I thought no. It's she seemed different in Jason's lyric. <laughs> Definitely. Right, right, right. Have you ever been in a dangerous situation and like a, a rapper or a street dude was like, nah, that's Gary. He good. We were Gary. Yeah, it happened during COVID. Dude came up, tried to run up on me and realized who I was. He was like, so I, we were in Oakland during COVID, right? And Oakland's Oakland. Antioch too. Antioch's like a suburb of Oakland, but it's like, uh, you know, it's not the best. And the guy I used to work out with, he he would open his gym up so we can go work out a few of us during COVID. So I'm walking to my car and this dude's on one of them little bikes, the tiny bikes, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I see him circle, I was like, wait a minute, he's coming towards me. And literally he goes, yeah, you see me? You see I'm black and you white? I see you staring at me and I'm going, what the fuck's going on right now? <laughs> and the motherfuckers, got, and I got, a, I got my water bottle here, right? The big thermos, yeah. I'm gripping it like, oh shit, yeah. is this about to happen? Is this about to happen? And, am I st- and I ain't lying. Stomach's dropping. Little P came out. I was like, you know? And then he literally, he does his little U-turn. He goes, ah, shit, you that funny dude. Oh. He went like this. He goes, 
Ah, she that funny dude. Ah, you good. And it's rolled off. And I was like, what the fuck was that? Damn, what the fuck? But he was on the bike looking to start something. And I saw it. I saw it when I left. Grant, I was I was parked too far away. I should have parked closer to the gym door. So I'm walking all the way across the parking lot, and I see him. I go, that dude don't look like he got all together. Well, he had on a heavy coat, and it was hot out, for one. So I was like, he ain't got all together. He looked like he was off. I guarantee you he's not watching this because he's dead or in jail. That much I know four years later. He's not going to see this. But I, the way he circled, I was like, what the fuck's going on right now? You see him watching. I posted about it on Instagram right back then. And motherfuckers mad, like, you know, uh, oh, here you go, stereotyping black dudes and shit. I go, motherfucker, he was black. What do you want me to say? I can't can't deny who he was. And this motherfucker with two ears came up. And a motherfucking nose. Right. This hammered me up. Motherfucker had his esophagus. Right. Motherfucker had kneecaps and toes and shit. Let's end this on a comedy note. Um, uh, I seen that D. Ray Davis and Dave Chappelle we're going back and forth about what Cat did. Yeah. And I got to get your take on it because D-Ray was saying that he, he need, that was needed. And uh, Dave Chappelle was saying, no, there's a code in comics that you do not let those things out. Um, we're in it. Like you said, we're in a new era now. Where do you feel comedy is, where it's going to go? And did, did we just open up, did Cat Williams open up Pandora's box now to where you could talk about stealing jokes and you could really kind of go in and keep it open for comedians? I think I, I, it's a middle ground. I, I did like what D-Ray said. D-Ray said, um, you know, Kat was like, you know, I had my, my special come out and nobody's really talking about it. And we all got egos, let's be honest. And I think that is one reason that probably hurt Dave because he was like, yo, nobody's talking about my special like I'm normally used to. And Kat ethered everybody that week. And D-Ray said it best. He goes, Kat released a mixtape. You released an album. And I was like... And you could see Dave pause. Dave goes, hmm. like, that made so much sense. Yeah, it made a lot of and sense. And I would have never thought of that angle. I go, oh, my God, that's exactly what that was. Right. And I, I, I disagree with Dave on that. Where I, th- I was like, dude, it's not for us to say. We all know, we all got, we're all going to have them wild boy comedians that are just going to say what they want whenever they want. The Corey Holcombs, the Cat Williams, the Moniques to some extent in this world. You got the Dave Chappelle's who's very uplifting, very, like, positive, like, we all should get along as comedians. Like, it's not going to change. There's young dudes coming up right now that are going to be wilding. You know, my thing is like this. I mean, just focus on your own career. There's enough out there for everybody. We can all make money at this. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with a little beef here and there. As long as it doesn't get physical, nobody's getting hurt, it's fine. And many people say people ain't fucking with you. There's that many more that will because of what's ever said about you. That's facts, man. That's facts. Well, you already know what it is, man. Gary, I want you to go and tell them uh, uh, you're here in Dallas uh, for... um, It's already sold out. It's already sold out, so you can't even come to this one. But you got... When's this airing? uh, This is going to air after you leave this weekend. Yeah, yeah. So what? So what's coming up next? Uh, Coming up... A bunch of shows that are sold out. Yeah, 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 everything's sold out. (laughs) Now, I'm not going to lie. When I pulled up your shows, I'm like... Damn it, he's working, but shit, his limited one yeah. seat available. I'm like, oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. So what do you have coming up in uh, whether any movies that you're probably working on, any shows? Um, I did one. I did uh, Megan Good's first directorial movie. Uh, so I don't know when that's dropping, but Terrence J's in it, D-Ray's in it. They had a bunch of funny people in it. And then uh, I filmed, I got two comedy specials. We're shopping right now. So I, it's funny. I, I did, my goal was to do a comedy special. So newsflash, comedians do like usually two specials. They they film their specials twice and edit them together. So I filmed Friday night, 
And I got done and I looked at everybody. I said, we got that? We, all the cameras are good? Everybody got everything? Yeah. So I, I woke up Saturday morning. I said, yo, I told my manager, I said, I think I got another hour. She goes, what? So we go to the coffee shop. We write down the, the bullet points. And I go, oh, shit, I got another hour. So Saturday I did a completely different hour. So I got two specials basically for the price of one that we're shopping right now. So we'll see what happens. So far, Netflix always said no. But the problem I got with Netflix, they say no and don't watch it. They just say no. I'm like, could you at least watch the shit? You know what I mean? Netflix, Netflix, watch it. Netflix, what the fuck is you on? Yeah. Like, I I don't have a Netflix special. Never had one. People say they saw me on Netflix. I go, I don't know who you saw, but that wasn't me. Yeah. Yeah. All my shit, all, all my specials has been two places Showtime and BET. When, I'm talking when they originally air. Now, granted, after, afterwards, like Hulu and Amazon Prime will pick it up and throw it on their shit, but I'm talking about buying it, promoting it is like that. It's been Showtime and BET. Comedy Central's always said no. HBO, Netflix. Netflix is the one, though. I'm like, because you see some hot garbage oh, nah. out there. And people that nobody know. Like, I actually sell tickets and got a fan base. I'm going, I'm not bitter because I have, I have a you great life. YouTube's been amazing. TikTok's been amazing. Uh, Instagram's been amazing. Facebook's been amazing. All of it. So like, I love where we're at in stand-up now because now we definitely control our own narrative and our own careers. But it's still that, it's that carrot like Netflix. You know what I mean? Like, It's almost like everybody's at this birthday party and I'm at the door and nobody's answering. Like, guys, we're all guys, come on. Do you, do you think you're blackballed? I wouldn't say that. I think you're, you're talking about like, I'm just fucking. Two people making the decisions oh, at yeah. Netflix. So it's not like Netflix ain't fucking me. It's the two people that are greenlighting these comedy specials. So you just got to hope. Eventually, like, I don't want to go in on them. I don't want to be like, you motherfuckers don't know shit. They know. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I do it. I'll do it. Yeah. Netflix, get your shit together. Yeah, let's start a petition. He's yeah, a it's, fucking it's, legend. It's odd because if you ask the comedians, like, I'm not no hack. I write all my stuff. I definitely have a point of view. And what's crazy the second hour that I did Saturday, I do absolutely no black white jokes on purpose. And purposely, I said, "All right, you want I see, I see the internet. I like that. All right, watch this motherfucking special. Hey, Amen. Watch this shit. Do you bitch. got? Do you got? Do you got them hoes on you right now? You huh? Know, do you got them on you right now? The specials? <laughs> got them on me. Yeah, I got them on. We want to look at them. This ain't '98. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got my I got my DVD right here, bro. And uh. Are there any upcoming comedians that you think don't got no shine? Because we're actually, we, this our platform is to build. So we want to help anybody who is trying to come up in this game that ain't getting the shine that they necessarily It's about young dudes? Yeah. See, it's hard because I don't really watch a lot of stand-up. So, because my thing is I don't want to ever think that I I took somebody's mannerisms. I took somebody's premise. So I purposely like, of course you're going to see clips. For sure. But I don't. I don't just sit there and watch an hour of somebody because I just can't. I want to know my shit. There's no way you can say say my shit is not mine at all. You can't say that. So it's about the old dudes that roll with you. So somebody's bitter. (laughs) (laughs) Gary Owens, man, it's been a great pleasure. It's no ass. Gary Owen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta get used to it. Oh my god, dude. Yeah. Oh shit, nigga. What's that? Well, let me let me do this. I, 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 I heard you say it. All right. Is it still, so, since we got we got we got we got we got a voice off camera, 
I do travel. I got, I got, I got a couple goods that work with me. One's name's Rob Rodriguez. Uh, he's a very old and angry comic. Uh, <laughs> he's Puerto Rican, but says the N word. Is he allowed to? All right. <laughs> we'll, we'll check. We'll check his card in a second. I got a, No, he's, he's a funny dude. And then I got another guy, T. Rob. And the thing about uh, T. Rob's out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He's a funny guy. But the thing about when you're when you're traveling with people on the road is it's one thing like to be funny on stage, right? I don't watch. Obviously, I watch the guys open up for me, but it's. That's almost as what's not talked about in this business as uh, is very important as the people you are traveling with every week because you're with them just as much as your family. And you got to know they got your back because one of the things that happened during my divorce was one of my openers just completely threw me under the bus. Called, I fired him three years ago and he called my him and my ex start talking. And he told her about girls shit that I was doing on the road and stuff. I go, a dude did this? Yeah. A fucking yeah, dude? dude? Yeah. Hey, listen. Chris Brown, that song ain't true. When you said these hoes ain't loyal, they're so fucking loyal, bro. It's the dudes. We the bitches. So that's why I say it's important, man, because not that you got to be holding secrets and stuff, but motherfucker, you, you on the road, like you're venting to each other. You got a problem with your wife, you talking to this dude about it. You got a problem with your kids, you talking to this dude. And you don't want them going to the internet. You don't want them going blast you. There's a reason Kevin Hart uses the plastic cup boys all the time. There's a reason these people, like people like, man, they don't give these other openers a shot. I go, dude, when you got guys you can trust and know, knowing that this is not forever, you shouldn't be opening up for somebody your whole life. At some point, you got to do your own shit, you know? But people lose track of that. Man, some some of the openers, I'll say you, I've seen it with, with a lot of guys open up for me, though. They start thinking people are coming to see them and they'll start demanding shit. And you're like, yo, all it takes is one person on Instagram, but like, you was funnier than Gary. And then they're like, yo, I'm funnier than I you. I knew it. I, I knew, knew it. it. <laughs> I've seen it happen. It happened to me with my old openers, man. They start losing their brain. I was like, whoa, whoa, what's going on right now? You know, and don't, don't want to help. Like, can, can I'll give you an example. My manager told me this. She was like, we was in LA at the Microsoft. And I, I didn't have club soda in my dressing room. Something real simple, right? I said, man, I ain't got, they got me tonic water instead of club soda. I said, man, I need some club soda. And literally, my, my road manager at the time and my opener was like, oh, you're good. You don't need no club soda. I'm going, what? <laughs> my manager, who's not my on the road with me, this is the girl that sits in, in her office and gets me work. She ran to the lobby. She brought back so much fucking club soda, bro. It was like she was going down the aisle to Staples Center with cups. And she goes, here's club soda. And she pulled me aside and she broke it down. She goes, you got to let those guys go. I said, what do you mean? She goes, they looked at you like you didn't deserve that club soda. As soon as you said, I want club soda, they should have been like, my guy deserves that shit. I'm going to get my dude some club soda because it doesn't matter why. He deserves it. You don't think Chappelle, Kev's, Chris Rock's people... Wouldn't be like, we gotta get Kev some club soda, right? Sure. Immediately. Immediately. My guys tried to convince me that I didn't want it and didn't yeah. need it. Like, nah, you good. But that yeah. seems so minor, but that's a big fucking deal, bro. No, absolutely. You know? And I will say that the guys I got on the road with me, right? Like, I've kind of don't need a road manager as much mm. because I'm, and my guys, I'm very low maintenance. I give everybody their space. I rarely leave my hotel rooms. If I wasn't doing this, I wouldn't left my room today, bro. <sighs> You know what I mean? So I was just like, I don't do much. But when I get to the when I get to the the venue, I, I'm quirky. Most comedians are quirky. There's certain things I want, 
And like, if they're not in the green room, I'm like, where, where's it at? And right. if my guy isn't the one telling the manager, yo, go get him this. It could be something minor like Celsius. Like, yo, we got three shows tonight, man. He's dragging. Right. right. Get him some fucking Celsius and get the right flavor. Sure. Tropical vibe. Best flavor out. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That, that shit seems minor, but that's the guys you need on the road with you. Like, they got to look at you like, you deserve this. Amen. You know? Biggest facts. Jesus. So. Man, Gary Owen. Oh, man, man nice. you're a legend. In this game, man, and we just want to thank you so much for coming to sit on the couch and talking oh. with us. You could have been doing anything else. I guess you would have been just sitting in your room. Sitting in my room, man. <laughs> Tastyblacks.com. I'd be lotioned up right now. <laughs> <laughs> the maid's knocking. Not now. <laughs> now I'm almost there. <laughs> hey. I fucked up before and didn't put the do not. Just, there's been a couple cleanly. They were Spanish. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Look, hey, right do you ever be like, boom? <laughs> Do you, ever, do you ever be? Do you ever be like? No, 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 no. I, I ain't had I ain't had the badass cleaning ladies that I see on Tasty Blacks. I ain't seen them. I've seen their grandmother. I've seen her grandmother, her her auntie. Yeah, but that's hey. happened a couple times. Like, oh, she forgot. Hey, that's embarrassing. Yeah, this is the best part, Gary Owen. You are a real life street star. Shout out real ass street stars, nigga. Moolah. Hey. <laughs>